All right, welcome back to Ducks and Pucks. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Jones. We're going to get you caught up on all the games uh, that we had in action this last week and uh, look forward to the uh, three coming up this week. Um, we've also got a lot of questions to cover from you, the fans out there, uh, and also some lineup uh, shakeup that happened this morning at practice that we'll go over a little bit later in the show. But uh, first up, um, this last week, we uh, played Arizona. And we saw Frederick Anderson come back in action, Eddie, and that's what you and I had expected. Uh, Anderson went in this game, and then Gibson went against Montreal. Yeah, and you know, obviously we thought he'd probably get in against a weaker team, and, and now Arizona is an even weaker team than we saw before the trade deadline. They uh, completely you know, sold everybody that had value that wasn't injured, and you know, everybody essentially except Mike Smith and, and Oliver ekman Larson and you know, Handel's injured. So the, their lineup would look like... Uh, you know, like two third lines and two fourth lines. So, you know, we we said this game was a must win. And uh, coming to the game, seeing Freddie come back and have such a good game was you know great for his confidence and uh, you know, great to see both him and Gibson back playing well, which is you know good news for the Ducks. And then uh, Silverberg having another good night and you know his first three point night of his career and and, and Cogliano picking up two more goals as well. And and then the two shorties, uh, although the empty netter was uh, was the other shorty was. You know, brought us up to or tied for first in the league on shorthanded goals, which is, you know, when our special teams have kind of been a fault this year. Uh, that I guess that's something you can you know, look look for in, uh, as a positive there. Yeah, I mean, you know, we had two shorthanded goals the game before that one, then we had two in this one. Uh, you know, I was impressed with uh, Kessler on his. I mean, it looked like he was just going to get mauled and taken down, and not even get the shot off, and. Uh, the delayed penalty was called, but, you know, obviously it was erased on that goal. Um, I mean, that was just total beast mode right there, Eddie. Yeah, and, you know, that the Kessler goal and then uh, Silverberg's goal were, were two highlights of the night here. And then obviously we had that save uh, um, by Anderson, uh, you know, jumping across the crease to to rob uh, one of the Coyotes on a, on a like, sort of basically an empty netter, and he just kind of robbed him. So, you know, the, a lot of highlights in this game for the Ducks. Uh, but, yeah, like you said, Kessler on that play would just went beast mode. He... You know, kind of muscled his way, deeped around one guy, you know, muscled his way through another guy, and just kind of snapshot at the top corner. Uh, definitely a highlight, real cool by him. And you know, we've seen him step up all season, you know, in, in key situations. So it was good to, you know, get a first goal for the Ducks and, and keep the momentum going. Yeah, and you know, you also mentioned the silver goal. I mean, that one was impressive to me for him. Just the eye-hand coordination. You know, he shoots that puck, it rings off, uh, looked like the corner of the cross crossbar post area catches it, puts it down, and then shoots it right back in. I remember I was just jumping off my couch at home watching that one. I mean, that's that's something you don't see that often, Eddie. Yeah, I know we, we, we talk about a lot. Of his, you look at some of the skilled guys on the Ducks, and, you know, Silverberg's one of the most skilled guys. He's got some great hands, obviously a great shot, and, you know, you're so almost surprised that he didn't uh, snap down at the top corner. And, you know, it hits the post, and you just see him catch it and, and, and instantly bat it in, you know, out of midair. It's something, you know, kind of reminds me of the – a little bit, you know, not not 100%, but the the goal that Stamco scored against us a couple seasons ago, where you know, he took a shot, uh, Hiller saved it, and while he's falling, he batted out of midair. You know, the the kind of skill you see from elite players in the game, and you know, hopefully, Silverberg can continue off this game. You know, he's had he's kind of been a little bit streaky this season. He's had ups and downs, and you know, he's had a really good night or a, a night where he you know maybe hasn't really shown up so it, it'll be a hopefully a good boost for Silverberg you know, with you know about 15 games left in the season you know who also impressed me uh, after the trade deadline was Simone Dupree you know in this game uh, he got his first assist uh, first game as a duck 
His plus minus was three. He also had five hits. Uh, you know, I commented on Twitter about the, the way he looked before the game. And, um, you know, he just looks like a motivated individual. And I know he was surprised at the trade deadline. Uh, there were some comments, you know, that he, he was shocked that he got moved. But uh, I think he's going to be a, a really good addition, Eddie, to the blue line. I mean, he's just he's really physical and he brings an offensive element there. Yeah, I think he's just comfortable uh, in the system that Boudreaux's put in place for the Ducks. You know, he obviously they're a physical team and. Uh, he, we saw him pinch up a couple of times and you know lay a couple of good body checks and you know, he's gonna be a physical guy you know you got uh, but you know the, the bonus added on to that you don't see it a lot where you got these big six four defensemen who can hit you know, you know he's got some good hands he can he can shoot the puck he can you know pick out a pass which is something you don't always see from uh, you know a, a big guy like he is and he's definitely a two way guy and if he continues to improve you know we're not expecting him to light up the score sheet but you know that that was definitely a good assist on on the tip-in goal by Cogliano, and, you know, we're, we got him to lay the body out there. So I think so far, in, you know, in his first few games, he's looked great. Yeah, definitely. I mean, in this game, too, you know, he logged 20 minutes of ice time just right behind uh, Francois Beauchemin and Hampus Lindholm. So that's another plus, too, is not only, you know, we talked about Lovejoy uh, getting traded, which, you know, we, we didn't want him to get traded, and that was a real big surprise we talked about on our last podcast um but you know the Dupree is a younger guy and he's a guy that can log a lot of minutes um so I'm, I'm looking for that um you know especially with some of the other key guys out uh right now Eddie yeah definitely and you know that that game where you log 20 minutes in the Arizona game you, you know that that just shows the confidence that Boudreaux had in him in that game obviously saw that he was having a good game and you know, upped his minutes, and uh, it, it showed in, in his production in the game with, you know, the hits and and the assist. And, you know, if he continues to improve, he could play top four minutes. And, uh, you know, I think Boudreaux has showed that, he you know, if, if you're playing well, he'll give you the minutes. So uh, it's definitely a boost of confidence for, for Dupre. Now, you know, going forward uh, to the next game, we played uh, Montreal. And, uh, you know, this was going to be a measuring stick game. And, the Ducks really played well in this game, Eddie. I mean, I, I thought this was a, a good game, a complete game, you know, from start to finish. Uh, you know, we gave up the late goal at the end uh, that that ruined the shutout. But, you know, I think overall uh, this was one of the better games, you know, against, you know, a, a highly ranked uh, Eastern Conference team. Yeah, and, you know, usually you don't see the Canadians getting this many shots on net. They're, they're one of the lower scoring teams uh, in the Eastern Conference, and, you know they they really relied on on Carey Price all season, which is which is not a bad thing when you have a goalie like Price in that. But uh, Gibson stepped up to the task. You know he made a couple of great saves and you know, stopped a 37 of 38, which is you know a great performance for him. And um, the Ducks we got Boschman scoring again, and you know Raquel. Everybody thought Sakac had already had scored. I, I know I thought for at least 10 minutes before I I realized and checked the score that it was Raquel's goal. It would be nice to see. Uh, uh, Sakach get a goal against his former team, but you know that that line all night was was on fire. Uh, we've been talking about it for you know, a couple of days now since the the deadline that that Sakach, uh, Raquel Edom line has has been you know the real energy line for the Ducks and uh, and then Camp Fowler chipping the puck out for the empty netter and unfortunately Gauchena like you said uh, ruining the shutout. But you know a great overall game against uh, you know the top team in the East and. Uh, at the time, put us first in the NHL, which was a a big momentum boost and, and a big win for the Ducks. 
Yeah, you know, uh, Francois, I mean, talk about the offense on this guy lately. Five goals in the last 11 games. I mean, that's just been amazing lately. I mean, I know we welcome that. I mean, we're not expecting it, but that was huge, you know, um, coming, you know, on the blue line with, again, with some guys out injured, you know, especially Botnan, who had been leading the way. That that was huge. And um, going back to, you know, Simone Dupre, you know, he uh, was second on ice time in this game for the Ducks with, you know, 21 minutes and he logged out there and he dropped a couple more hits in this game. You know, also had a plus minus of one. So, I mean, the Ducks defense is definitely looking a lot better uh, even without, you know, Wisniewski in there and Botnan. Yeah. I think they're looking a lot, uh, a lot more confident. You know, um, I, I joked with you when I was watching the Leafs game and Brewers first game and, you know, uh, on the, the first goal of the game there, he made a mistake and, you know, we saw that a lot when Brewer was here, and the confidence on the uh, and the whole decor was just down with with the mistakes being made, and you know, obviously Stoner was joining in on that. But you know, since that trade, I, I think that was a big boost for our defense. You know, it, it kind of solidified a little bit more spots for guys. Stoner has stepped up a bit. I, he hasn't made as many mistakes. Uh, Manson has played well. Obviously, Dupre's coming in and played a lot of minutes, but also played well as well. So, uh, I think with Brewer mo- moving out and you know the, the the defense has just you know gained more confidence and and we've seen you know their play improve and it it's it's shown on the scoreboard. I only let them one goal in against Arizona. You know you don't expect Arizona to score a lot of goals. You don't expect Montreal to score a lot of goals either. But you know when when you uh when you play good defensively, you're gonna get these wins. And obviously with John Gibson in that and and Anderson in that, you know you're gonna scrape all these these games as well. So then, you know, after this game, Eddie, we, we go, we play Pittsburgh on Friday, you know, another um, measuring stick type game. Um, this time, Boudreaux goes with Anderson, which, you know, some people were surprised about. And, you know, the way this game went, it started out fine in the first period. I mean, there were some exchanges back and forth. You know, the Ducks had eight shots. The Penguins only had five. Um, you know, it's pretty even. But then, you know, the second period uh, meltdown came back. You know, I thought we were rid of this, but uh, we've had these problems with the second period, and it kind of just did us in, Eddie. Yeah, and, you know, when you look at – when we were watching the game and you look back at it, and you, know, you don't you don't really look at it and you think, oh, the, the, the Ducks played a terrible game. They, they, they weren't really out of it. They weren't getting outplayed by Pittsburgh. It's just, you know, the second periods, like you said, have always been bad for us, and we've seen some really bad – second periods and you know even though the penguins scored three goals i i don't think they played a terrible game in this period uh you know think of the como goal uh, you know off the underside of the crossbar kind of beat uh, anderson i'm sure he'd love to have that one back and you know i, I don't even know how hornquist scored that that the second goal of the game where he kind of just tucked it in um where it looked like there was no space on anderson and he somehow found a hole and you know, you think Anderson might be able to do a little bit better on that post, but really it looked like he was doing all he could and then somehow just squeaked through. And then the, the, obviously the tip with a couple uh, minutes, like a minute to go in, in the uh, the second period, which, you know, is unstoppable really. He tips it over his pad. There's not much he can do. Um, you know, you, you got to chalk this up against Anderson and the defense in this period. And, you know, it's been a real problem point um, for most of the season. And I think really with, you know, the defensive additions and, you know, playing better defense, I think this is the only problem the Ducks have now, and they're definitely going to have to remedy it before uh, the playoffs come. Yeah, you know, I was happy about one thing, though, Eddie, is in the third period, you know, we gave up that early goal and we went down 4-0. But I was happy that the Ducks did come back and give some fight. You know, Tomas uh, Fleshman got his first goal as a Duck. 
Corey Perry got his 28th, which is leading the team. And, yeah, we ended up losing in the second period. You know, like we said, some things happened in there. And it wasn't it wasn't a bad period, but obviously it wasn't a great period. But I'm just glad at least the Ducks battled back, you know, and didn't give up, uh, you know, in the final 20 minutes. Yeah, we've seen that all season. And, and you know, that, that Malkin goal was a heartbreaker. It, was, it really was, you know. Uh, he sh- it was a hard shot. It kind of just flipped up and just barely bounced over the line before uh, Stoner cleared off the line. And, you know, you, you would think it's pretty much over now, but, you know, you look at how the Ducks have battled back in games all season. If anybody's going to come back from down 4 nothing, it's going to be the Ducks. And, you know, Fleischman gets a, a goal that's almost identical to Malkin's goal, uh, you know, near the halfway mark. And you're saying, well, there, there's a chance if they score within the next five minutes. And, of course, you know, uh, the lines kind of get changed up. Perry's playing with Raquel and Edom, and you know he he wires one past uh, past Grice, and you think, well, this is it, and they've got a chance. And then obviously the the neck the goalie gets pulled, and Crosby gets hooked on on the breakaway, and the penalty ensues, and you know it's pretty much downhill from there. There's no chance to come back. But like you said, I, I think you know you you got to respect that they fought back. You know they outshot Pittsburgh 14 to to five in in the third period, and you know you just you got to. You gotta limit those those second periods where they're letting in some bad goals, and, and you know they'll they'll be okay. They'll they'll be all right. You know, and then uh, after this game, I got tons and tons of questions about um, and comments, and from people that I was talking to that I had met a few uh, different of our uh, you know supporters um, and obviously duck supporters uh, in the intermissions. I met a couple guys, and a lot of questions, comments about um, Anderson and Gibson and the situation. And, you know, the latest from Boudreaux was that they were going to alternate the goalies uh, going forward. What's your take on the whole situation, Eddie? Do you think we should alternate goalies? Do you think we should go with Gibson, Anderson? What do you think? Uh, I think we should alternate until the end of the season. You know, give them – there's only 15 games left. You know, give seven starts to one, eight to another, maybe six to six and nine, something like that, where, you know, they get an even amount of play and they're both – you know, hopefully on, on, on a good form moving into the playoffs. I, I think that's, you know, the best thing for them right now. Obviously, Freddie's been the main guy uh, this season. He come just coming back from injury, which gave Gibson the chance to come up, and he's been great. So I think when you, you're rolling with two goalies who, who can, you know, steal you a game on any night, I think it's, you know, it, it's good to be able to give them uh, equal time. And, you know, you don't really see that a lot either in, in the NHL where you've got two guys who – who could really be a number one in, in a game changer, and you know I think it's fair to give them uh, you know split starts to the end of the season, and you know but I, I think all in all right now I, you, you got to give the number one edge to Freddie still you know he's been the guy this season he's been the main guy and and Gibson's kind of come up and found his way in I think you know if you're gonna give at the first game of the playoffs if who you're gonna give the start to I, I definitely think it should be Freddie. All right, I'm going to play a little devil's advocate with you. So if in the next couple games, say Freddie has another outing and, and whatever happens, say he gives up three or four goals uh, in one or two outings, would you then try to maybe ride Gibson a little bit more? Because that's what I would do if, if that happened. Yeah, like if you, you know, if uh, let's say Freddie plays, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to assume Gibson plays Monday, he plays ball, let's say Freddie goes in against Calgary and, you know, has a howler, lets in three or four goals. Gibson comes back in on Friday and plays well. You you could you could think that then if he comes in and keeps playing well against Nashville and LA, if he gets those starts that, you know, Boudreaux love to ride the hot hand. If if a situation like that arises where Freddie has another bad game and, 
and Gibson keeps rolling, I could definitely see, you know, Gibson starting the majority, you know, 12 of the last 15 games. If there's any back-to-backs and give, give those to Freddie to keep him, you know, warmed up. And then maybe if he wants to ride the hot hand of the playoffs, you, you roll with, uh, with Gibson, but then you risk the, you know, another Hiller situation in the fact where the goal has been played most of the season. And then, you know, you ride the hot hand into the playoffs and, you know, you risk, you know, alienating the, the guy who's been your number one for most of the season. Yeah, you make some good points, Eddie. I, I think alternating it is going to be the way to go um, and then have to see. Because, I mean, it could go the other way, too. Maybe Gibson has a terrible game. I mean, you never know. And then he goes with Anderson. Um, but I, I definitely think it's an advantage to have two really good goalies for sure. And I, I think we should just play it out right now and see what happens. Um, for me, whoever's the hot hand going into the playoffs, that's kind of who, who I would go with. But um you know, it's it's just going to be interesting. We're going to have to see what happens in the next month. Um, and, you know, and coming up this uh, week here, we've got, you know, three big games, Eddie. We've got uh, Vancouver, Calgary, Minnesota. Um, you know, let's start with uh, Vancouver here, who, you know, they're in the playoff spot right now, uh, battling it out with Calgary right behind. Well, not right behind, but they're behind us. <laughs> yeah, and you, you look at, you know, Vancouver and Calgary, the situation they're in right now, and you look at the, the two injuries they have. You know, Vancouver's obviously battling back from a lot of injuries, but... You know they've they've got their two you know arguably their two main guys out. Miller's out for Vancouver and Giordano's out for Calgary. Yeah, they're still scraping wins and Calgary's actually won three games in a row since you know Gio went down. Um, but you know obviously Vancouver's coming up on Monday. Um, you know who are we gonna see in that? It could be Gibson. It could be Anderson. But you know Vancouver's been playing pretty well lately. Uh, their home record isn't as good as their away record, if, if you know if that has any merit on the, on how the game's going to turn out. But you know they're still a good team. They're in the playoff run. They're going to be grinding uh, second in the in the Pacific, even though you know there's no t- real threat of them catching us uh, at the moment. So, um, and really, uh, I don't think anybody can really catch the Ducks with 15 games remaining and such a point gap. But it's going to be an important game, and and they're going to be grinding, and they're definitely going to be, you know, they're, they're going to be ready to go and wanting to win this game. Yeah, and you know, it's going to be interesting, too. We'll talk about this a little bit later in the show, but um, just to give everybody an update, uh, Bolesky, uh, Votnin have skated in the last couple of uh, practices. Wisniewski was on ice today, and Hauser was on ice today, too. So um, we'll go over the lineups a little bit later, the practice lineups, but it's going to be interesting to see if at least we get a few of those guys back, especially in the game against uh, you know Vancouver, which it could be a physical game, Eddie. You know, there's there's times we, we beat them down, but like you said, you know, they throw the body around and they will grind it out. So I don't expect this game to be an easy one for the Ducks. I, I think it's obviously very winnable, but this may be a three to two, two to one type of battle. Yeah. And you know, you, um, uh, you look at the last four games they've played, obviously the first one to shoot a win for Vancouver, shoot a win for us, OT win for us. And then obviously the big four, nothing win in, in January for the Ducks. And, you know, Freddie started all of those games and, Posted some some excellent numbers, you know, a 1.19 goals against average and a, and 0.947 save percentage. So, you know, it, it all depends if if Bujo wants to run with Gibson because of this Pittsburgh game, or, or maybe you know he runs with Anderson uh, for this this game just based on his numbers against uh, against Vancouver. And you know, you you would hope that the outcome is not going to be a one goal game. I'm hoping it's going to be more like the four nothing game back in January. But you know, they're going to be fighting and. We're going to have to be on top of our game to, to beat them. 
Definitely. And, you know, the game I expect to be more of a wild one is probably going to be the game against Calgary. I mean, if you you look at the games, you know, the last two times we beat them uh, six to three both times. And uh, before that, you know, we lost uh, four to three uh, barely and uh, had another win three to two. Um, Obviously, you know, we've gotten ahead in all of these games and um, Calgary came back and won the first one. They've come back in the other ones. That, you know, they obviously play a wider style, um, a little more loose on the offensive end. But I, I could see this game, you know, having four or five goals at least scored uh, by both teams combined, Eddie. Yeah, and, you know, with Giordano, that's obviously going to help. But, you know, it, it, it's pretty weird. You would, everybody thought, you know, Giordano's down. Calgary is going to, you know, they're going to run out of steam. LA's going to catch them. And, you know, they've they've won three in a row. They, they're, they're one of the, the best defensive teams in the league, and, you know, they're starting to show that they can score some goals, too. That You know, they've got a goal differential, uh, differential of plus 20, which is, you know, one of one of the better in, in the teams on the outside of, the, you know, the playoffs just kind of riding the, the edge there. And, you know, they've kind of rolled a lot of goalies this year. Hiller, obviously, Ordeo, uh, Ramo. You know, they've got a lot of guys. So, you know, to look at who's starting, it, it's going to be hard, and, you know, they've got a good young team. They can skate. Like you said, they play an open kind of style, which has suited us in the last few games. You know, high-scoring 6-3 wins and, you know, Palmieri leading the way with four goals and, and two game winners in those. So I think, uh, you know, we'd, we'd love to see another game winner from Palmieri coming up too. But I, I don't think uh, we'd like to see it as open as a game as last time. But, you know, two points is two points. And, uh, I think this, like you said, though, this is definitely going to be the harder game. They're going to be battling because, you know, they're they're just on the edge. They've got to stay ahead of L.A., and this is going to be well, a tough game for sure. Yeah, you know, and this uh, game might be a playoff series preview, Eddie. I mean, right now, Calgary sits third in the Pacific. But, you know, if they're to slip down one spot and, you know, end up in you know, that wild card spot, it's a potential uh, first-round matchup for the Ducks. and. You know, uh, Hiller's going to be pumped up to go against his old team. I, I think we can beat him, but um, I think it would be uh, a definitely uh, a fun series to watch because uh, the offense is, is going to be a plenty uh, if we play them. Yeah, and what a playoff matchup that would be with the games we've seen this uh, this year so far. And, you know, every game we play against Calgary, even last year, seemed to be exciting. So they've got a, a lot of young guys, not much playoff experience, so. It would, it would definitely be a, a fun game, uh, a fun series to see, and you know, and then we're, I think everybody right now is going to be rooting for Calgary, you know, with them just holding on. We could, you know, if Calgary slips up, we could be seeing LA in the first round. So I think, you know, as as much as we want Calgary to win, you know, the Ducks better win this game. But you know, I'll be cheering for Calgary for the rest of the season for the games that they play. Yeah, and you mentioned, uh, you know, the playoffs and, and rooting for Calgary. You know, Minnesota is another team that is on the edge, and they're in the wild card spot right now, uh, battling it out with Winnipeg, and then obviously the Kings and the Sharks are behind them. Um, but, you know, Friday we uh, play Minnesota, and that's another potential team that could be a first-rounder. But uh, it would be a, a much different game, uh, you know, more defensive style in Minnesota. And uh, Minnesota's uh, eight of their last ten. They've won uh, with five wins going, you know, uh, obviously through today on Sunday. So uh, we'll see how they are later in the week. But uh, this is not going to be an easy one again, Eddie. Yeah, and having to play the two hottest teams in the league back-to-back, uh, you know, at least right now they're the two hottest teams in the league with – uh, Calgary and Minnesota and you know Minnesota's kind of similar in, in their goalie situation this year where they've 
They've rolled a, a number of goalies, you know, Harding, Backstrom, Kemper, uh, Dubnik as of late, who's just been unbelievable for them in, in their last few games. Uh, his his record and his, I think, his 20-some-odd games for Minnesota is unbelievable. And, you know, like you said, this is going to be a defensive game. They're, they're a pretty, you know, stalwart defensive team with with Sutter back there. And, you know, with if, if, with Dubnik surprising everybody and, and playing so well, it's, it's going to be tough, and he's a big goalie. You know, it's hard to find any holes on him. And you know, any time we face him this year, they they've kind of stopped us with their goalies. Obviously, a two one win and, and a five four win, so you know, at least they're wins. But you know, this is going to be a, a boring game, you would think, but it's going to be exciting because of uh, you know the playoff implications that are involved in it. Yeah, and looking at you know this coming week and these three games and everything going on. You know, there's been lots of questions about the lineup. There's been a lot of questions about the injuries, um, the defensive pairings, and, you know, everything going on. Um, you know, I asked uh, Dan Wood and Steve Carroll what, what the defensive pairings they thought would be uh, going forward when we're healthy, and, and they had answered that they had thought uh, Fowler would be with Wisniewski, uh, Lindholm still with Beauchemin, and then Botnin with Stoner. Uh, obviously, Dupree and Manson on the outside. Uh, you know, what What do you think, Eddie? Uh, with it looks like Wisniewski and Botten are going to probably come back sometime this week. What do you think about those pairings? Do you, you agree? Disagree? What, what do you feel? Yeah, I think um, Lindholm and Boschman have showed. You know, they've been together for most of the season. They've showed some chemistry, and I think it'd be it would be right to keep those two together as you know the two lefties together. And then obviously we've got the choice between a lefty righty on the other lines, and I think. Uh, Wiz would probably be able to jump up right on that first pairing with Fowler. Um, and I, I like how they would be able to work together. You know, they're both, you know, offense-first guys, but they can play a, a, some solid defense as well, so I think that would work out. Um, and then obviously Vaughton in uh, on that fourth pairing and having Vaughton in on, I mean, sorry, Vaughton in on that third pairing and, and having him down there in a third pair is, is unbelievable, uh, you know, for us and, and, and the depth we have on defensemen uh, now with these trades have been made. And I think the only whole that is questionable right now is, is who's playing the on the left side of that third pairing. Is it going to be Stoner? Is it going to be Dupre? And I think if you want to go with experience, you know, Stoner has been a bit better this time. He's, he's all defense. So maybe with a guy like Vodnin, you, you put Stoner back there and, you know, he stays back while Vodnin goes forward. Um, but I would like, I, me personally, I like to see Dupre get a shot in the first few games playing with, uh, with Vodnin on that line and see how they work together. Uh, I think that'd be really good for them, as long as you know they both don't jump up into the play. I, I think it'd be, you know, really good pairing. So I think yeah, Fowler, uh, Fowler and Wiz, uh, Lindholm and Boschman and, and Dupre and Vaughn would be what I would go with. Yeah, and I completely agree with you. I I think Dupre is the one I would go with over Stoner right now. I mean, I even me, this is just me, and I know he's a young kid and everything. I would even go with Manson over Stoner. That's that's how much more confidence I have in uh, Manson's playing ability. Obviously, he doesn't have as much experience as Stoner. That's a given. Um, so I think, from the coach's perspective, Manson probably gets you know pushed out as that seventh or eighth uh, defensive man, and then I think Stoner and Dupree would be the last two to rotate. Uh, as you mentioned with Vatnin, but I, I would give a little bit of edge to Dupre just because what I see in him, and I kind of see this in Manson too, is they don't need any motivation, Eddie. They both seem like they're ready to go the moment the game starts. And I'm not saying that Stoner isn't. I'm just saying these two seem more hungry to me. Yeah, I think it's because they want to make an impression. and you know They know they're battling for that roster spot. And, and you know Stoner, uh, with his contract and everything like that, uh, 
I think he thought he would be for sure in the lineup, and I still, you know, I'm not I'm not Harper on Stoner either. He's been a lot better since uh, the move at the deadline was sending Brewer away, and you know, he's been more responsible in his end. And if he can keep it up, well, I'm not going to complain if he's going to be in the lineup. But I definitely think um, Dupre is more suited with the minutes he's played as of late. I, I think that shows that Boudreaux has a lot of confidence in him, and I think he's more likely for that spot and, and and like you said with Manson too he, he's impressed this season uh, a guy that we didn't really think would would come up and make a huge difference you know he was supposed to fill the hole with with injuries and you know he's kind of come in as the seventh guy you know bumped out Fistrick who we said was going to be our, our our seventh guy who's going to come up and, and fill the injury spots this season it's nice to have a, a guy like that for the injuries and you know of course there's Holzer who we just picked up as well uh, who could come up and fill that righty spot too? So I think the the depth on the decor, how going from almost nothing to to so many guys who can step in and, and make a difference after the deadline is is pretty remarkable. You know, you make a good point too. I was looking at the defense uh, roster, and I wanted to remind people too. You know, the rosters expand uh, the two more spots after the trade deadline, so we have two more rooms, Eddie. Uh, you know, on the roster, so I, I think that the Ducks are going to be fine. Uh, you know, we had talked about this before the D, the the defensive pairings, and and you know being uh, worried at going into the trade deadline. I think now we've got plenty of defensemen. I'm not even worried at all. It's really to me a matter of just staying healthy and you know figuring out who's in that sixth spot. And I think the blue line is going to be good to go for the the tail end of the season in a playoff setting. Yeah, and I think it really comes down to uh, uh you know the harder decision is is who's going to drop out on forward. You know, we talked about this a lot since you know the deadline where Bolesky wasn't moved and, and he's almost ready to come back from injury and we've got Cogliano playing on the fourth line because we have so many options now is you, know, you look at a guy like Maroon, um, a guy like Edom, you know, who those are the two most likely guys that could drop out. You know, who do you who do you think you know should be the guy to drop out when, when Bolesky comes back? Yeah, that's a that's a tough one because and you know we joked about this we talked about the uh, the Edom Raquel uh, Sackage line we we call it the Cakes line because uh, that's uh, Sackage uh, Sackage's name uh, backwards uh, and and we'll get into the practice report and all that how it changed today but uh, I like that line I, I I think before I probably would have said Edom to to bump out Eddie but the way that those guys have been playing I mean it's been awesome Edom has picked up his game uh, to me. Maroon's kind of the one that's more on the outside now. I mean, Jackman's out and he's injured, obviously. But, uh, you know, with the pickups we've got with Sekech and Fleshman, um, I, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of unfortunate, but he's kind of the one I look at. Uh, you know, the practice report says otherwise, but um, I don't know. I mean, that that's just how I kind of look at it right now. I, I would tend to put him more on the outside uh, than anybody else. If it wasn't him, then I would then maybe eat him. But, I mean, that line, that third line had been playing really well the last two, three games. Yeah, and you look at Maroon and, you know, uh, him on the practice line is being slotted on the first line again. And, we, and we've seen him play that role, you know, a, a lot this season and last season. Um, we had a question. Uh, in the next two weeks with hopefully Wiz, Bolesky, and Vatman back, who who gets sidelined? So has, and it says, has Maroon done enough? And, you know, Maroon has 28 points in 59 games this season, which is not bad for a guy, you know, who is normally a fourth liner. Do you, do you think he's done enough to stay in the lineup? I think he's done enough to stay in the lineup, but I, I don't see him being on the first line. That That's with the moves we've made before the moves. Sure. But now that we've made these moves, I, I think it's time to try some other people. You know, I think it's time to maybe try Sekatch up there. We've seen him up there for a few seconds. 
uh, here and there. You know, I think that's the deal. I I like Maroon maybe more on the fourth line. You know, put him there with Thompson, and uh, if they're going to stick with Iron Man Cogliano down there, you know, have that as the uh, the grinder counter punch. You know, checking fourth line. I think that that would be a a, a good type of line uh, to go with. Um, I think he's done enough. It's just it's it's getting tough now, especially with uh, Bolesky coming back. Yeah, and, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. Who is the guy who gets sent down? Uh, you know, I, we were talking about Maroon and Cogliano and Abolesky coming back and Edom and Jackman being injured. It, it's going to be um, a tough task to see who gets sat out. And uh, in my opinion, I think as much as I've liked the line so far, I think it's uh, just with the ease of being able to drop a guy like Edom out of the lineup with a two-way and being able to get him some playing time down in the minors without sending him through waivers is it's the most likely option for the Ducks, and I think that's probably the, the way they're going to go. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, we've been mentioning the practice lines, and I'll just give them out here. I, I threw them out on Twitter earlier, but just so you guys know what Boudreaux did this morning, this will be in the practice report uh, for uh, – or I'm sorry, the morning report will go over this this part that they did for practice today. But they had Maroon on the first line with Getzloff and Palmieri. They uh, had the second line with Fleshman. Uh, Kessler and Silverberg. The uh, third line was Raquel and Sekach with Perry this time, and then Bolesky rotating in. And then the fourth line was Edom, Thompson, and Cogliano. So once that was put out, not only was the question, you know, we talked about Maroon, but the biggest question now, Eddie, was Perry being on the third line because we saw him split with Getzloff and put on the second line. What do you think if the Ducks keep Perry on the third line for tomorrow? Do you think that's a good idea? put him back on the first line maybe instead or what's your feeling? Cause a lot of people were, were upset when I, when I sent out this, uh, the practice lines for today. Yeah. You know, we've seen Boudreaux like to move guys in the lineup a lot. And, you know, we actually saw, uh, Raquel Perry and Edom at the end of that Pittsburgh game. And, you know, and obviously Perry getting the goal and, and they looked pretty good. And, you know, um, obviously he didn't like to play in that, in that game. And it, it's really, Everybody's been shaken up except for that Fleischman Kessler Silverberg line, which you know shows the confidence he has in that line. And you know I agree with him there; it's been pretty good. Uh, breaking up the the Sekach Perry line, I mean sorry, not the Sekach, the the Sekach Raquel Edom line um, is a little bit disappointing. But like we said, somebody's gonna have to get dropped out. Uh, and uh, looks like you know Bolesky is skating and he's ready to go. And you know it, it has Sekach and Perry listed as the one, two guys for that line. And, you know, obviously Perry's not going to get dropped. So, um, I, I think that is, you know, maybe I, you know, obviously we don't want to see second to get dropped. It, 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 it raises a lot of questions for sure. And, you know, if Bolesky's ready to go, uh, who's going to get, who's going to get dropped. And, you know, I, with a guy such as Perry and his skill level, I, I'd rather see him on the first line instead of Palmieri. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think, you know, if Bolesky's ready to go tomorrow, which, you know, we don't know 100% if he is, the other option too, Eddie, is maybe Bolesky goes to the fourth line and then, like you said, Edom gets bounced out. Yeah, that, you know, that that looks like the most likely option because, you know, we don't want to – all the centers, you know, you can pretty much guarantee those four guys are in the lineup. Gatslav, Kessler, Raquel, Thompson are in the lineup. And then you look at the other guys. Perry's going to be there. Silverberg's going to be there. Palmieri's going to be there. Cogliano's going to be there. And then you would look at the guys. You know, Fleischman's most likely going to be there. Bolesky, if he comes back, he'll be in the lineup. So then you look at who's left. So there's Edom, 
Sekac, Maroon. And I would think with the way Sekac has played, you know, he'll probably stay in the lineup. And then it comes down to Edom and Maroon, and then you look at who's easier to scratch. Well, Edom can go down to the minors and play and, and still be able to play without having to sit in the press box. Uh, you know, that's where we come to the decision that Edom's probably the most likely to go down. But, you know, the decision's up to Bruce in, in the end, and we'll have to wait and see what he does. Yeah, and what what do you think about Sekatch? You know, I talked to the uh, Joey and Josh on the uh, Montreal radio show in the trenches, uh, you know, about Sekatch, and they're really high on this guy. Is he a guy that you would think maybe uh, you put him on that first line with Getzloff and Perry, and then you bump Maroon maybe down to the fourth line, and, and then you know scratch Edom? Is, is that something you think that would be worth you know trying? Yeah, I think it'd be worth trying. Uh, we'd all like to see if if Sekatch you know, would gel with uh, with Perry and Getzloff. Uh, you know, we still haven't really found that guy to, to gel with them. And, you know, it, it's tough to say when we've seen him do so well on that third line. But, you know, he's picked up three assists so far. And, um, you know, maybe putting him on that first line would just bump up his potential. But, yeah, you know, I, I really think he has a lot of potential. He's He's got a lot more upside, in my opinion, than, than Smith Pelly did, at least offensively he does. And, you know, um, I, I think giving him a chance on that first line might just be what he needs to, to up his game to, no, to another level, playing with, you know, guys with such skill as, as Gensloff and Perry. Well, and, and, you know, he does bring a little bit of a physicalness to him. I mean, on that uh, play where we thought he scored against Montreal, you know, he took out Subban, uh, you know, basically crushed him against the boards, gave him a little love tap on the way to the net, you know, almost scored the goal and ended up being Raquel. So, I, I like what I'm seeing from Sekatch. I, I think he's a well-rounded player, you know, and, and obviously uh, that uh, saucer pass he had to Perry in the Dallas game. Um, you know, he's he's good uh, passing, shooting, and toughness. I think he's a good, well-rounded player, Eddie. Yeah, you know, he's not a he's not a small guy either. He's 6'2", and, you know, for around 200 pounds. So he's gonna, he can throw his body around too, and I think it's just a, a nice change to have you know, guy. You know, not just guys who can hit, and that's it. You know, having the like the skill, and you know, we've obviously got Perry and Getzoff who are big guys, and they can hit, and they've got the skill. And then you know, adding more guys like that in the lineup is a, is only going to improve your team. And you know, I definitely like how he's played so far. And you know, he's played limited minutes to be fair. You know, about you know 14 minutes a night, which is typical third line minutes. So it'd be nice to see him get a little bit of a promotion under that first line. You know, another thing we talked about too was the uh, on the defense um, as far as uh, special teams. You know, the Ducks' power play is 23rd in the league, uh, 17%. Hasn't been as great. The trade deadline comes around. We go out. We get Wisniewski. Um, you know, of course, he's got that big slap shot. You know, he's got eight goals uh, when he was at Columbus, seven on the power play. What do you think for the power play units? Do you think you put? Wisniewski uh, on the first one and Botnan on the second one, or vice versa, or you put them together. What would you do once Botnan and Wisniewski are both healthy and both back? I think you have to put Wisniewski on that on that first unit. You know that that's the main reason you picked him up is to help with the special teams and you know to to solidify a, a solid top four guy as well. But you know the main reason in in his bread and butter in his game is is getting goals on the power play and you know, really setting things up. And I think, you know, putting him on that lineup uh, on the first one, most likely with Getzloff on the other side because, you know, he's really worked it there. And then, 
uh, when Vodnik comes back and being able to put a guy like Vodnik on the second unit who, who'd really been our, our other power play guy this season, you know, look at the, his, the amount of points he had on the power play in, in the start of the season is, you know, was ridiculous compared to the points he had. And, you know, having these two guys come back and being one on the first unit, one on the second unit, is definitely going to be a huge boost to the power play. Yeah, and that's something that we need to improve, uh, you know, going forward down the stretch of the power plays where we need to pick it up because, uh, you know, in the last few games, I mean, you, you even saw in the Pittsburgh game, we just didn't really, really have a lot going. You know, I think we played, like you and I discussed, pretty well five-on-five, five, but they didn't play a terrible game. You know, obviously uh, some lapses there in the second period, but uh, the special teams on the power play, it's going to need a, a jump, and I really think Wisniewski is going to add to it. And then you bring in Votnin, and like you said, now you've got two lines, or excuse me, two units that uh, can go out there and roll, and you can sw- switch them around or whatever you got to do, um, even in situations where maybe it's a four-on-three power play or even four-on-four. You know, I think the Ducks are going to be much more stronger in those situations, Eddie. Yeah, and you would you would hope that uh, we'd see Wisniewski not just on the power play either. You know, playing most likely going to be playing that first. Uh, the unit with Fowler, uh, uh, you know, just a five on five and, you know, just having guys with that experience and, and that ability back in the lineup and, and being able to play in all situations. And, you know, we could see Wiz anywhere on the penalty kill or anything. I think he's capable and it. It's just a, it's just a nice improvement and, you know, something we really haven't seen and, and being, having six capable guys, you know, maybe since 07 where we had, you know, Pronger and Niedemeyer back there and just, just a solid decor and, you know, the, the, you know, like we've said, defense wins you championships, and we've got the offense, and being able to bring these guys into the lineup is, is you know, a big, big boost for our chances. You know, when you talk about our chances, you know, a lot of discussion uh, out there with, you know, us obviously going back up to first in the league has been the President's Trophy, which, you know, I have mixed feelings about it. I, I, I don't really, if we get it, great, you know, it's not a big deal to me. You know, we just missed it last year uh, behind Boston. Um, but in the stats, you know, I looked up some stats on this for people that want to know, um, basically since, uh, 1985 season when they had the president's trophy, there's been, uh, 28, uh, teams that have won it. And, uh, of those teams, 11 have gone to the Stanley cup finals, which is just under 40%. And, uh, eight of those 11 have won, which is just under 30%. So, you know, it wouldn't be a bad thing to win the trophy. I mean, obviously, we want the Stanley Cup more than the President's Trophy, but you know, winning that wouldn't be a, a bad uh, situation, especially with home ice um, all the way through, even to the Stanley Cup Finals, Eddie. Yeah, and you know, the battle right now is is really between uh, the three teams in the West and three teams in the East. Uh, you know, I don't see Chicago without Kane making a, a real charge and. You know, maybe maybe if you conclude the the Rangers in there too, if they, you know, can can keep playing well. Uh, I, I think though, know, it's really between Anaheim, Nashville, um, and St. Louis, and Montreal, Tampa Bay, and and the Islanders, and you know, possibly the Rangers in there as well. Um, you know, the Montreal and Tampa have two games coming up against each other, and in in the next uh, week and t- week or two, and you know, those are gonna be big games. Uh, you know, if one one team can win both of them. Uh, for the the President's Trophy race, uh, at least on the east side, uh, you know, and Anaheim's going to have to keep it strong to to keep up with those teams in the east. And you know, if we win it, we win it. You know, I, I'm not subscribed to the 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 curse of winning the President's Trophy. Uh, you know, there's uh, every year you get into the playoffs. There's 
you you have one out of 16 chances of winning the cup. There's, you know, 16 teams get in, only one of them's going to win it. So, you know, if, if you can finish the season on a roll and, you know, and win the president's trophy, you know, you're the best team in the, in the season. You've got home ice to at the playoffs. So I think, you know, there's nothing, nothing bad going to come from winning it at all. I couldn't agree with you more, Eddie. I think you really hit the main point, though, there is is getting on a roll into the playoffs. You know, uh, as much as we we don't like the Kings, obviously, but they got on a roll going into the playoffs. The Blackhawks have gotten on a roll going into the playoffs, you know, and that's how they've won their cup, both their cups, uh, the, the two each in the last, you know, five, six years. So I think the key now for the Ducks is they got to get this lineup figured out. You know, I, I don't like Perry on the third line, to be honest. You know, maybe on the second like they did for a short time, but I, I don't like that at all. I think he goes should go back on the first line. Figure out the, fir- the first line left winger issue because that was the problem we had last year after we got rid of Penner. Get that all figured out here in this next couple, you know, games. And obviously there's going to have to be some shifting because you're getting Bolesky back, you're getting Wisniewski back, you got Holzer coming in, you got all these new players. So you know, I totally get that Bujo's going to have to do some stuff here in the next week or two. But I think towards the end of March we get on a roll. And that's the key. If we win the Presidents Trophy and we and we get it going in, great. If not, just just stay hot. Uh, you know, end of March, beginning of April, and then let's just carry that through the playoffs, Eddie. Yeah, and, you know, these next five games are going to be key. Uh, uh, you know, big games against playoff teams and, you know, all, all teams that are either fighting or solidified contenders in, in the Western Conference. And, you know, the, those are five of the remaining 15 games. And, you know, you look at a possible 10 points coming out of those games. And, you know, if you, you think we can go in there and, you know, pick up seven or eight points, uh, you know that would keep us in the title hunt. Obviously, you know teams like Tampa have won three in a row. Um, you know Montreal can win any game with Price and Ned, and you know Nashville with their struggles of lakes, you know they can still get on a roll and win some games too. I think we're gonna have to win at least three, if not four, of these games to stay in the hunt. I couldn't agree with you more on all your points, Eddie. And uh, we're gonna wrap up here for uh, this week. Um, just wanted to let you guys all know we're going to be giving away those tickets to the uh, the Dallas Ducks game for Fan Appreciation Night. We're going to uh, do a contest just like we did in the beginning. Um, this podcast and the next three, we're going to give out a key word. Um, those words will make up a phrase, and uh, we'll remind you each week. And when we get to the, uh, the fourth week, we'll have you email us the phrase, and we'll give away the tickets. Uh, the word for this week is going to be the, just T-H-E, the, is the is the word for this week, and we'll give you ones each next week. Um, we're also going to have another contest. We're going to do like a photo contest for the uh, Ducks versus uh, Oilers game, also in April. Uh, I'm going to send out an article on that as well. And uh, you know, we're coming up here on one year, Eddie. Uh, it's it's been amazing. I you know I can't believe that uh, you and I are doing this, and um, been doing the you know the blog as well. And uh, it's been amazing, and I'm I'm glad uh, you came up with this idea. Yeah, you know, it's been a year for the blog coming up in, you know, almost, uh, you know, 30-some-odd weeks for the podcast coming up, too, you know, missing a couple weeks here and there, and it definitely doesn't feel like it's been 30 weeks, you know, starting in the summer with almost no news and, you know, just constantly talking about the same thing every week and then moving into the season and, you know, just covering the season so far, and, you know, it's it's been crazy, but it's been fun, for, you know, that's for sure. Yeah, again, thanks for coming up with the idea. And all of you out there, we really appreciate your support. And we'll be back next week with another one. And let's go, Ducks.
The Anaheim Ducks are the Stanley Cup champions.